In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, really, truly present here in our midst, body, blood, soul, and divinity, we thank you for wanting to be here with us. We thank you for the divine affection that flows from this most blessed sacrament. We thank you for the divine affection that flows from your sacred heart and from that pure, immaculate heart, that sweetest heart of Mary. As we gather here tonight to pray, help us to receive all that love that you want to give us. Open our hearts, open our minds, our ears to receive all that you want to bless us with here tonight. And more than ever tonight, we crown Mary, the sweetest heart of Mary, the queen of our time here as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wanted to read from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 49. Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. The Lord responds, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So even in the Old Testament, God was showing us, telling us that he has the love of a mother for us. So when people say that the God of the Old Testament was so harsh and wrathful, you just have to point them to Isaiah 49. So as we gather here tonight in this beautiful church before the Blessed Sacrament, before this image of Our Lady, many images of Our Lady, we ask God to touch our hearts in a new way tonight. Every time we come before the Lord, He has something new for us because he is ever new. He's ever new and he's always the same, all at the same time. What's new is where we're at, where we're coming from. 
But what remains the same is his unconditional love, his undying love, his faithful love. And for those of us who drove from the suburbs, this counts as a pilgrimage, especially if you had to battle I-75. That counts double, I think. (laughs) So the fact that we made a special effort to come here tonight, the Lord will absolutely bless that in an even greater way. Because we came here to make this pilgrimage to Mary, to this Marian church, to honor his mother. And so you can be sure that that makes him very happy that we wanted to honor Mary tonight in a special way and to get in touch with Mary by coming here. There's something about a beautiful church. There's something about beauty in general that opens our minds and our hearts to God because God is beautiful. God is beautiful. And beauty points us to God. And it makes us, in a sense, attracted to him. We can be attracted to truth. Our minds are attracted, drawn towards the truth. But really, our our hearts are drawn to beauty. And beauty is a great way to evangelize. Beauty is a great way to pray. You You can't help but come into a church like this and be inspired to pray. Because you sense the presence of God here in a particular way. Just think of the effort that was put into building a church like this and decorating it. And so God is here in a very powerful way. But it's not an intimidating kind of way. Beauty never really intimidates. It fills us with awe and wonder. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit, awe and wonder. Sometimes it's translated fear of the Lord, but we're not afraid of God here. Rather, we're in awe of God and his mother, the glory, the grandeur of God and his creation. And Mary is really the crown of his creation. If Eve, our first mother, was the crown of the first creation, while Mary, the new Eve, is the crowning jewel of the order of grace and the new creation. And so she becomes a model for us as well. She becomes a great intercessor, a great friend, a great companion on our journey through life. This pilgrimage that we're all on through time. Whenever you make a pilgrimage, it's always good to reflect on the fact that we're all on a pilgrimage through time on our way to eternity. 
We don't know how long that pilgrimage will last. But it is a pilgrimage. It's good to think about life that way, as a pilgrimage. Because then we don't have to be afraid of dying. But rather we can see it as a final step, if you will, to our ultimate resting place, our ultimate joy and happiness. So God promises us that he will never forget us. He has this great affection for us. That he wants us to experience. Sometimes that's hard to experience because maybe we don't even believe it. It's hard to believe that God and his mother would have this very personal affection for you and for me. But it's true. And they want us to know that tonight in a deeper way, in a more personal way. We can even declare it out loud. If you want to repeat it with me, you can. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that Jesus and Mary have great affection for me. They have a place for you in their hearts. They have a hole in their hearts that is shaped like you. They have a hole in their hearts that is shaped like you. So only you can fill that. And in a sense, they ache for you. They long for you to be united with them. So as we pray the rosary tonight, we'll pray the joyful mysteries. And the other day I was contemplating them the joyful mysteries, from this perspective of being seen, being seen. We all want to be seen, which is to say we all want to be known, which is to say we all want to be loved and wanted. Well, just think about the joyful mysteries. The first joyful mystery, Mary is seen by the archangel Gabriel, and she's filled with joy awe and wonder, fear and trembling. In the second joyful mystery, Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth and they see each other and they're filled with joy. So much so that John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. He was feeling the joy from his mother, which babies really do, right? Babies feel the emotions of their mothers. And so imagine how excited Elizabeth was to see Mary, so much so that John leapt in her womb. So they saw each other. Third joyful mystery, Jesus is born. Mary sees Jesus for the first time as a baby. And Jesus, likewise, sees Mary. In becoming a baby, 
He needed to see his mother and the love of her gaze so as to thrive as a little boy. And he depended on that as he grew up to become truly happy and joyful in the Lord. Fourth joyful mystery, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple. They present him to Simeon in the temple and Anna. Simeon and Anna were pretty happy to see Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. They saw each other. There was that encounter. And then the fifth joyful mystery, Mary finds Jesus in the temple. Imagine how happy she was to see Jesus after losing him and finally finding him in the temple. So tonight, let's pray that we can all be seen with our mind's eye and our imagination in spirit. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us all be true contemplatives here tonight. Mystics, aspiring mystics. As we gaze upon the Blessed Sacrament and this image of Our Lady, as we gaze upon the glory of the Lord all around us, let's ask God to help us be aware of His gaze. And Mary, let's ask her to to be aware of her gaze, her motherly gaze gaze, knowing that they are communicating their affection for us through that gaze, through their tenderness, through that look of love.